us and through us. As we approach your word, would you, Holy Spirit, teach us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's move to the next slide. If you can please stand and read with me God's word today. Let's read uh, three verses. They come out of John 7, 37 through 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You may be seated. Let's move to the next slide. So as we have gone through being built by the Holy Spirit, we as human beings being formed in the image of God um, are both materialistic and spiritual. Uh, The intersection of that which is materialistic and that which is spiritual comes something we call Starts with S and ends with L. It's a four-letter word. Soul. So if you don't get confused into scriptures, if you see spirit, soul, body, flesh, uh, the soul is that, uh, that very intersection. And what compromises the soul? What is the most shallow part and the center of the soul, that kind of the control center, the mind, and if you go a little bit lever deeper, then you have the heart. So the mind, the heart, and if you go at the deepest level of our soul, is the the volition, the will. Now the soul is under constant attack by two forces. One is called the flesh, and one is called the spirit. The flesh has received, in due part, a blessing from Adam. I shouldn't say a blessing, because it's not a blessing. But we all have received something from Adam through our soul, and it's not something that is great. It's actually, uh, you know, something that is rotten before the Lord. And that's why we cannot have this body once we will return to the Lord. We will need to have a different body. This body has to pay that penalty. It's been decreed. Now, I'm looking forward for a better body. You know, I'm, you know oh, someone else too? When you get older, the more older you get, the more you realize that, that uh, this flesh is passing away. So I'm looking forward for a better body nonetheless. But when it comes to the work of the Spirit of God, can you do something about being born again? Not really. Can you do something about being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? Not really. That's up to the Lord. Well, then you can ask the question, well, then what is my responsibility as a spiritual being? And that is a very good question. And that is... 
your formation, how you are being built as a spiritual being. And we looked so far at a few of those disciplines that I observe on a regular basis, some more often than not, and I encourage you to do as, as well, and that is living in the power of your water baptism, celebrating the Lord's table, feeding daily on God's word, walking in the spirit of forgiveness, maintaining integrity of heart. And today, we're going to look at abiding in the fullness of the Spirit. Abiding in the fullness of the Spirit. As we approach this subject, um, it has divided theologians and churches quite a bit. Especially in different times and different seasons of our church's history. We've even had theologies built around the work of the Holy Spirit that don't seem to agree or change or be revised constantly. It's something that many times, especially in Baptist churches, pastor will kind of skip over preaching on these subjects. But, as you, if you know me, I will not. So whether you like it or not, I will preach God's word to you. So let's look at what this one guy said at the turn of the century, Samuel Shoemaker. Have any of you heard of him? Yeah? True spiritual power of the Christian ordinary is kind of a possessiveness. When I began to read that quote, I was like, oh, this doesn't sound too good. It arises in and flows through a life hid with Christ in God. Its source is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the potency of the Holy Spirit. Another pastor puts out a principle. Let's move to the next slide. Nothing in the believer's life is more essential to his or her becoming a daily, fully empowered replication and representative of Jesus Christ, more, uh, Jesus Christ than being filled with the Holy Spirit. From Pentecost until the Lord's return, the church's commission is to be endued with power from on high, to do business till I return, Go into all the world and to experience the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Fulfillment of this rather full mandate is only possible through being baptized with the Holy Spirit and continually being freshly filled with his love and power. The Bible tells us that we are sinners. By the time we get to the sixth chapter of Genesis, God testifies and says, Every thought and intent of man's heart is continually, continually how? Evil. Continually evil. 
It's very troublesome. And he says, God felt sorry for making man. We all know what happened with Noah afterwards. We think things are going to get better. He takes his own people, the chosen people of Israel, is presently in their midst, gives them the law, makes a covenant to them, and by the time they have rottenly moved away from the presence of God and the voice of God, um, endlessly breaking the covenant over and over again, through the prophet Jeremiah, God gives us a soul surgeon's diagnosis. The heart is most deceitful above all else. Literally in Greek it says, beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and mind of a being and give to them according to their ways. This comes out of Jeremiah chapter 17. So it is by no surprise that Almighty God, even though he came down through Jesus Christ, he does not heal our heart. We have become Christians because we have been regenerated and reformed, or what we call in English being born again. Born of the Spirit of God, or literally, the, John tells us, born from above. Therefore, the practice is, let's move to the practice of the principle. We are called to abandon ourselves to the Father, Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, to yield to his fullness, to open to the worship he enables, to utilize the full prayer resources he supplies, and to exalt and minister the works of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a practice can you do this without the Holy Spirit present in your life? Nothing is possible without the presence of the Holy Spirit. We cannot fulfill this. Yet this is given to us over and over again in our life as believers. As we look at the work of the Holy Spirit, many times it is in the background. Our Lord Jesus tells us in John chapter 3 that you and I cannot know the Holy Spirit for it is like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from and where it's going. The dynamic move of the Holy Spirit that works in the background, it is to point to whom? To God and especially to us, to Jesus Christ. When you will find a pastor that constantly speaks about the Holy Spirit, you ought to be weary. Because a pastor or someone who works 
in the kingdom, the more the Holy Spirit is there, guess what we, it will bring about? Not discussions about the Holy Spirit, but more intimacy about Jesus. More intimacy about the Lord Jesus. Can you love Jesus without the Holy Spirit? Can you love your neighbor like yourself without the Holy Spirit? Be honest with yourself. Is God putting us in a trap to fail? So how much do we need the Holy Spirit? You and I, hopefully, will come to a place in our life where we'll know that that's going to become our number one prayer. Many of you think you need more money. Many of you think that you need help. And those are things that you will need, that you'll need resolutions. And yes, you, you'll need a lot of things. We're, by nature, very needy people. But if you begin to open yourself up to the Lord, you will come to this realization in your life that there's nothing more, nothing that we need that is greater than the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life. There are people who have taken this upon themselves and gone to great extents to try to make it happen. D.L. Moody and Spurgeon, while great priests and pastors and preachers had to deal with this and saw the result. And, you know, there are many things that, you know, we take for granted today in our church that we need to review. Let's move to the next slide. In Ephesians, we are exhorted by, uh, by the Lord telling us, Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. How many of you know that the days are evil? How many of you think, oh, everything is nice and dandy? Well, the Lord is telling us that if we are walking with him, we will constantly see evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the, what the will of the Lord is. Here it is why we have to talk about this, whether you're Baptist or not. And do not get drunk with wine. And if you live in Anchorage, you can't tell me you haven't seen a drunk person on the street. Because I've only moved here for about half a year and I have seen more than I have in the last 10 years in other places. If you drive around Anchorage, you will see a lot of drunk people. So the Lord doesn't need to teach us how to get drunk. That's the part of Adam. But then he says something. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the let me ask you, is this a suggestion? Is this an encouragement 
or would you say it's more of a command? Command? Do you, do you, do you like to be commanded around? Yeah, by the Lord, sure. Maybe not by your husband or wife, but by the Lord, sure. So why would he put this small phrase here saying, be filled with the Spirit? Be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another, telling us of how this may happen in a worship service, anyhow relate, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Notice it's coming out of heart. You just said the heart was most deceitful. This is only possible with a regenerated heart. If you don't have a spring, you can't have water. If you don't have a well, you can't draw it out to drink. So what the Lord is beautifully telling us here is that there is this potential that the Holy Spirit has placed in every believer and he's commanding it for us to draw it out. That it is an access there. I wonder who has the supply. Let's move to the next slide. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In Philippians it tells us that all the fullness of God dwelled in whom? In Christ. The fullness in our life comes from the Spirit. Remember I talked to you about the soul? What can the soul do? I can acquire as much knowledge about God and memorize the entire scripture. And I can draw from there. And that's very important and powerful. But look what it says here. That the work of the Spirit surpasses what? I can come here and dance for an hour till I drop dead because I'm out of shape and fat and don't have the energy to do it for 24 hours and be so exuberant and so emotional and to say, wow, I can display emotion to that degree. Is that from the Spirit? Don't be quick to say no. But don't be quick to say yes. I can work for the church 80 hours a week. Doesn't mean that the Spirit is leading me. So I can use my mind, 
I can be in control of it. I can use my emotions, use them towards God. I can do my volition, bring it as accountability, responsibility in how much I do. It does not testify of the Spirit. In the psalm of ascents, which is about worshiping of God, true worshipers of God, our Lord tells us, cannot worship unless they worship in spirit and in truth. Song of ascents is for them to come and to worship God. In one of the psalms it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. So that means I can use all the strength that I have in my mind, in my planning, in my emotional, in my talent, in my volition to do something. But unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Did you ever work really hard on something that failed? Oh. You were not all successful at all times? No? Well, the beauty with the Lord is that if He's doing it, He's the only one that can really do it. Can you transform someone's life? Jerry, you, you, you're a big shot uh, you know, counselor. Do people come like this in your office when they go out, they're like jumping for joy because they met you? Uh-huh. That's not a very, you know, confronting answer, right? Oh, they come in shouting, okay. Okay, they come in shouting, yeah. Oh. Well, one of the things in my life is that I realized that I was the problem. Do you know why? I knew the Lord. I loved the Lord as much as I could. But I tried to keep control. My mind had to have control of everything. Now you say, well, Pastor, how did you do that? Because that means you didn't really fully surrender. So I had to, my mind had to make more sense than what the Lord was saying. And I wasn't even realizing that I was doing that. Some people are guided by their emotions. Some by their mind. Some take pride into their volition. Not realizing that these members of the soul, they need to also be surrendered given up so they need to be given up let's look at our indication but before we look at that for people who are more at home when the holy spirit fell on the disciples what did peter say to the people repent
and you will receive you and your children and your children's children the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's move to the next slide. Let's go to the words of our Lord. On the last day of the feast, the great day. Now, I know you all know about the Feast of Boots. And this was a feast where people did what? Made out of branches, boots, and they camped out for a, a, a week. So, you know, we're people who like to camp. I'm kidding. Some still like it today. I'm one of them. I'm, you know, my family doesn't like it as much because there are bugs, but, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I like camping. Why did the Lord tell the people to camp? To remember that they were taken out of captivity. So they camped for a week and then they feasted. It was also to introduce the harvest festival. But why is the last day the, the great day? Because it's called here the great day. This has a bad connotation and a good connotation. Good connotation is because the priest would go to the pool of Shalom, take water and come and bring it as a sign of what? Life. Can you live in the desert without water? Does Jerusalem have rivers flowing in it? Israel? No. That dependence of life to be on God. We have gotten to the point where Israel began to mix a God called Baal on this great day. You say, well, how can that be? What is water so important for also? Besides, okay, besides so you can live. What else was water so important for Israel? Cleansing, yeah, but that's not what they prayed. I wish they prayed for that. That would have been good. I, I gave you a hint. It was Baal. Who was Baal? Baal was the god of thunder, or you can call him Thor. Or you can call him Zeus, depending on which you go. They also wanted water because in an agricultural society, you get rich if you have water. So they began to introduce, just like today, is there such a thing as the prosperity gospel? We're no different. Don't look bad at the Jews that they introduced Baal. Because... We have something we introduce in the church today. And that's the biggest church in the U.S. Coming of the way of, oh, Houston, we have a problem. We do. It's a 40,000-member church, sometimes 70,000 in attendance. On this great day, Jesus was quiet the entire festival. Jesus stood up and cried out. Remember, the heart. The Lord knows your motivation, your heart. 
before you even dwell on any issue. Let's go to the next slide. Jesus stood up and cried out. Next slide, please. I'm not gonna. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. <laughs> How many followers came to Jesus that day? I am your life, your provider. I am your inheritance. Stop asking for water so you can live. Stop introducing water so you can get rich. I am your life and I am your inheritance. Come to me. How many people came? Was Jesus not a good evangelist? No, really. Was Jesus not a good evangelist? The best of the best. Does he portray the condition of our heart very clearly to us? Let him come to me and drink. What is he showing to us? This is not possible unless the Holy Spirit is present. Unless the Lord is already at work in your heart. When's the last time you just saw people jumping off the street out of nowhere? Jesus. I mean, even some of them now, they have dreams, right? Muslims have dreams. They have some, some interaction. They shows and prove that God is at work. We have to share with them. And then the Spirit, where the Word of God works... Jesus is no different. But he says, if anyone thirsts. He's saying to you and I today, this message doesn't matter to you if you are not thirsty. If you're not thirsty, you won't be able to understand. You won't be able to come. Let him come to me and drink. What did the people have to do? They had to give up their sights on the water that was their life and on their riches. This is very important stuff. Why would Jesus make it so hard to say, leave that and come to me? With man, all things are not possible, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Let's see what happens out of this work of the Spirit and then this intimacy that begins to happen with our Lord Jesus. What is the result? Let's move to the next slide. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, does Jesus, does the work of the Spirit go above and beyond the Word of God? No. 
They are in unity and conformity with one another. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this is the whole idea. Hey, you want to come to church? You want to go to Bible study? You want to do your, your, your time in the world? You want to listen to a sermon? Don't spend 45 minutes in the mirror. Prepare your heart. Begin to pray. Say, Lord, is there a tugging for me to come and to taste you? And when that hunger is there, you will be blessed. When that thirst is there, you will be blessed. Do you know why? I'm trying to make my, my job easier. You won't think this is a boring pastor or preacher. Because you'll go beyond that and you'll seek the Lord and His Word. And that intimacy is there. But it's great if it's not there because there is a path. A path of repentance. But nonetheless, since you say we can't do that, then it forces me to ask a question. I'm glad you asked that question. What are the rivers of living water? Let's move to the next slide. Notice, is river or streams plural or singular? Plural. So I said, okay, let me look at some of those rivers. Because this is what I'm expecting to see in my life and in the life of people who are living or abiding in the fullness of the Spirit. Let's look at the rivers. Move to the next slide. Rivers of worship and praise. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretan and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. If you live in the fullness of the Spirit... People will hear what? What God is doing and what He's done. And sometimes in a supernatural way. Let's move to the next one. We don't have much time. Rivers of witness. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, Jesus. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Luke also tells us, I mean, these disciples saw Jesus rise from the dead. They were all excited. Jesus says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city. They wanted to go, and Jesus says, no, 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 you wait. You wait. I don't, yeah, you have the knowledge that I was raised from the dead. You're excited. You're this. You, you're born again, but you need power from on high, so you have to wait. Until you are clothed with power from on high. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. There's in this intimacy with Jesus, the Holy Spirit puts you in a favorable way to witness. Do you know how you heard the Lord Jesus? Instead of praying and out of a relationship, have a message from him. 
Oh, let me show you my exuberance in my, how I dance and what I do. Let me read 10 books on that subject with the power of knowledge. And you think you're doing great things, but in real fact, you are doing what? You're minimizing and ignoring the power of the Spirit in a relationship that you ought to have with, with, with Jesus. And you're replacing that with knowledge, with reading, with all sorts of things. Rivers of witness. Let's move to the next slide. Rivers of ministry. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than this will he do. What is the greater work? You can heal someone of cancer. You can uh, you make the blind see. But if they don't entrust their life to Jesus Christ and Jesus becomes their Lord and Savior, they'll die just as they were before. The greater work is the gospel and salvation. And that is our main focus. But it doesn't mean that there won't be accompanying signs. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So there's rivers of ministry. You don't have to be delegated by the elder board or the pastor. When you're abiding in the fullness of the spirit. Because you, you can't draw yourself to do that. It's like someone comes to me and says, Yo, Pastor, look how much he loves me. He bought me a car. He did this, he did this, he did this. Wow. And you like that, yeah. There's a way that we express love. Two years later, they're divorced. But it's different when it says, yeah, you know, he came with a guitar by my window and, you know, he didn't sound too good, but he wrote me a song. At least he tried, you know, Pastor, he tried real hard. Yeah, he, he tried. Ministry flows because you're drawn. Because Dunamis is a word of power from where we have in English with the Holy Spirit called dynamic. When you are abiding in the fullness of the Spirit, you become a dynamic person. Do you know how this got introduced? Any people rode bicycles before they became, you know, now electric? Where you actually had to put a dynamo that rolled on the wheels and it provided some, generated some light so you can have light. Anyone? Or am I too old? I mean, some of you remember that stuff? That's the word that we introduced from, uh, from Greek and the, the same word is being used in scriptures. Let's move to the next river. River of intercession and prayer. Likewise, the Spirit... Helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts know what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. What does it show? Connection. Why do you pray? Why do you intercede? When someone tells you, because they know I'm going to go to hell because I see him like this with Jesus connected with God. I'm going to go to Brock, not because he's good looking, but because he's like this with Jesus. That is abiding in the fullness of the Spirit. Let's move to the next river. Rivers of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness within. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Are those the characteristics of your life and personality and character? And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, goodbye Adam, with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step. If we live by the Spirit, right, we need that initial heart. We need that born of the Spirit. But then he tells us, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, let's move to the next slide. Rivers of hope and love. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice hope in hope the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering knowing that the suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you, is it, is it nice to be around people who have hope? Yeah. I remember my systematics professor, Karkanian, from Finland in college. They couldn't go minister to Soviet Union. Because the Russians didn't want people to come to Christ. And this one PhD in a, in a children's hospital called, said, yo, you can come here. He says, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm an atheist and I'm going to make this guy, this, you know, PhD, not believe in God. And every day children died because of issues in the hospital. And every day he saw lots of deaths of children. And the director passes by, you know, my professor. And he's like, there's a smile on his face. And he says, say hi to everyone. Because everyone there is like, yeah, you know, another one died. I failed, you know. He sees him Monday. He sees him Tuesday. He sees him Thursday too. He couldn't take it. Friday, he grabbed him by the shirt, slammed around the wall and said, what's wrong with you? Can't you see how much death is around you? I mean, literally to crush him against the wall. And the professor said to him, yes. But I have the hope of life in Christ Jesus, which goes beyond death. He let him go. He couldn't get over the fact of hope. 
by the end of the weekend, he said, well, you know, gave all his credentials of his PhDs, but came to realize, I don't understand hope. Do you think it opened the door for the gospel? Guess who lost their faith and who became Christian? There's rivers of hope and love in the people who abide in the fullness of the Spirit of God. Let's go to the next slide. Let's go to the next slide. We've already done this. Rivers of truth. We don't have time for this, but there's rivers of truth that abide for people who are in the Spirit. Let's go to the next one. Rivers of edification. And I want to say this because it's very controversial because of this small topic of speaking in tongues. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. If the Lord has manifested this uh, through you, and I usually ask people to do it in their prayer closet, is because it does really uh, benefit you personally, unless there's someone with an interpretation of from time to time it can edify the body. But the Lord does edify the body. And that's why I have told you about five churches that were going to have issues and split, and already four of them have. And I'm so glad I told you last year, so you know ahead of time, that that's happening. And you've seen it, and we haven't even gone half the, basically half the year. But this is how the Lord edifies the body. He builds the church. Why? Let's move to the next river. Rivers of revelation and growth in Christ Jesus. And this is why that intimacy is so important. Is because you are in a love journey with Jesus. And that is the driving force at the core. Not your fame, not your quest for knowledge, not results oriented, but it is based on a relationship. I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. This is where you need to be today. Not at Grandview, not at any other church, not at any event. In your path to say, I am on a path to grow in my intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and the Father. And if I'm not doing that, I'm in the wrong place. That is at the core why we need the spiritual discipline to prayerfully bring you before the throne to say, am I abiding in the fullness of the Spirit? Is my relationship with the Lord growing? Is His world, His reality invading more and more and growing in my life? Do 
Do you think abiding in the fullness of the Spirit is a suggestion? No. Let's move to the next slide. Such far-held passion must be sustaining our lives, another pastor says, as disciples of Jesus. Otherwise, Christian living becomes reduced to simply being nice girls and boys for Jesus, rather than living in the timelessly available resource of the Holy Spirit. Fully empowered as witnesses of his life, love, and power. Fully representative as evidence of his character, conduct, and grace. Fully endowed as agents of the kingdom of God, manifesting its presence because we are living in its king's fullness and fully released as worshipers and intercessors who both praise and pray with the spirit and with, uh, with understanding. This is what transplants us within the kingdom of God. And this is the journey that we are on as a spiritual household and we are made priests of. 